Welcome everyone to the Tribe Podcast, where we talk about encountering God and what it means for young adults to be disciples of Jesus. I'm Chris Cruz, the young adults pastor here at Bethel Church, and I'll be joined by co-host Dan Fairley, the dean of BSSM, and also the associate pastor of Bethel Church. Welcome back to the Tribe Podcast. This is episode two, where we talk about encountering God and what it means for young adults to be disciples of Jesus, where in this season we are discussing how we become like Jesus as disciples of Jesus, figuring out what is it like for God to shape our world so that we become more and more like Jesus. It's, it's easier. Yeah, the unfulfilled is life is so much easier yeah. than the intentional life. And yeah. I think that's what we're trying to get at with being a disciple of Jesus. But the idea is that the unfulfilled life is also this like ravenous like sloth. And mm-hmm. the only yeah. remedy, it's, it's like this weird sloth that's just unfulfilled, but it wants to just constantly consume things. And Another not, meme. Yeah. That meme was not funny. That yeah. meme was, was funny. funny. Exactly. That one was. Another <laughs> video watch. Next thing to click. <laughs> swipe up. And it's just this unfulfilled, un- insatiable appetite. You, I'm an older guy, right? We yeah. mentioned that. But it is so funny. The whole idea culturally that someone said, man, I just binge watched three seasons of whatever. Yeah. Now, listen, I'm a TV guy. I get it. So I'm not throwing any rocks people. But yeah. culturally, you would not proudly announced that you just spent the last three days binge watching something <laughs> totally. and your friends would have been like what you, you did what you did i mean what? you did did you do anything productive did you <laughs> did you shower i mean there'd be so many questions but now in our culture it's like a badge of honor like yeah. wow what a great yeah i'm waiting to watch this so i can binge watch it. i totally it's like that's the concept right it's like, i'm waiting for a weekend where i have three days to do nothing yeah so that i can binge watch this entire thing yeah that's that's a change in culture like yeah. i'm not trying to throw a rock at it but yeah. like it, it didn't used to be that way yeah you know? totally and the interesting thing the only remedy it feels like that jesus talks about is a replacing of that life mm-hmm. it's not trying to manage that life it's really replacing it yeah and what is the in the the remedy that satisfies the craving for what I would say is the good life, like the mm, craving mm-hmm. for what is the good, fulfilling life. The the remedy for that is what well, I think Jesus says. It is enough for a disciple to be like his teacher. Mm. The idea that what kind of life will be enough for us? Jesus says the, the life of a disciple is what will be enough for you. The life of following me, being fulfilled in me, becoming like me, being with me, l- gaining that satisfaction you're longing for. Because I think Jesus was the epitome of human life in Salvation isn't just forgiveness of sins, but receiving Jesus's very life as your own. So we're talking about that discipleship, receiving Jesus's very life as our own, not about just managing a broken life. Yeah. I think that's an interesting concept that we've kind of really tried to get in front of people. You're not trying to manage a broken life. Yeah. You're a new creation. You in the school and even in the in the the uh, kingdom culture book that you Mm -hmm. created has this whole thing. Salvation creates a new identity. Yeah. Joyful identity. Joyful identity. Yeah. Yeah. So even for you, what what what's what's going on there with that in discipleship as well? well? Probably two things. One is that just realizing Jesus is is on an adventure. Like if you could, if we could realize that he was, mm-hmm. that he he came to reconcile the world to himself, and that where sin abounds, grace does all the more abound. Mm-hmm. That that he is still reaching for people. That God so loved the world, you know, he sent his son. But I think then that. As we go, he's with us to make disciples. Mm-hmm. So partly, life is interesting when you're on this adventure with Jesus. Yeah. And that of reconciliation, not like of shaming people for whatever else, yeah. but like, Papa, have you have you met the Father? He yeah. loves you and he's for you. Mm-hmm. So that'd be part of it. It's like when we're walking, which if we think of Jesus like as our doctor, he's mm-hmm. only working on us, like, yeah. they can get like, I just don't want to be on the table all the time. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> There's so many things Ripping in me that are broken. Yeah, yeah, totally. 
But if he's like, no, no, son, we're we're about the father's business. We're doing, mm -hmm. we're we're res rescuing people, setting captives free. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, that's a meaningful role for my life. Yeah. So partly identity is mm -hmm. wrapped up in this meaningful role of just yeah. being with Jesus mm -hmm. in, in these things, which is quite fulfilling. It's changed. It's yeah. It, it is. ends the kind of like yeah. self, 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 and goes into this fulfilling other, other, other love. Like I'm not just thinking about my self love, self love, self love, other love because that's who I am now. I mm -hmm. love others. So you even have yeah. secular people who are like, if you want to have a meaningful life, you know, give yourself to the the, the betterment of others. You yeah. know, like mm -hmm. there's something that humans have figured out about this. Mm -hmm. You know, as far as the the that the meaning of being there for other people is, is quite powerful, mm -hmm. quite wonderful. Yeah. But we're talking about identity as well. The other uh, sense of identity is that where heaven isn't just you know if you if you if you believe in me now, I'll give you heaven later. That's uh, that's been one way Christianity's been understood. Mm -hmm. But the idea that if you believe in me now, I indwell you now, and mm -hmm. now we're about this epic adventure. Yeah, and that the Jesus was coming to reveal the Father, mm -hmm. and so now we have this relationship uh, in in John. They call it our fellowship was with the Father and the Son, and your mm -hmm. fellowship was with us, and so we're this Ooh. in this fellowship, this divine fellowship. Yeah. Although we're not divine, let's yes. be clear, <laughs> we're invited into this friendship mm -hmm. with um, these, you know, this with uh, the Lord, yeah. and that creates a new identity of like self-respect, self-understanding. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just something also as simple as, uh, you know, the young kids they say YOLO. You know, yeah. you only live once, and uh, I'm like, that's actually not scriptural. Yeah, we're talking totally. about the ideal world of God. The yeah. ideal world of God is you live twice. <laughs> I like, you know, because when you embrace the ideal world of God, you're like, oh, I actually don't live only once. Like there is mm -hmm. an ever, there's an afterlife. Yeah. So mm -hmm. my, my, who I am in this life actually has some impact Matter. on that mm -hmm. as well. So it's, well, I, you know, if you want to yell something at a concert, I'd yell, yolt. That's a, <laughs> you only live twice. That's, I'm, that's going to, that's going to get big. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I see it taken off real oh, fast. Oh, can you imagine the t-shirts, uh, the yolt. clothing brand? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that works perfectly. People will know. Yeah, know. people will get, will get it. But the idea of, of uh, new identity in Christ and, and realizing, Paul says this that um, in Romans, the idea that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. And with most of the transformation, some people can just throw their hands up in the air and say, all right, it's God's job just to transform me. And mm -hmm. the, the, the partnership in discipleship, the idea that if we're not intentionally being discipled by Jesus, then we will unintentionally be discipled by the world. Yeah. And so we we will become someone every right. day. We already have. Like, yeah. We've sure. already, like moms and dads and school yeah. teachers and mm -hmm. the Kardashians, they're all making us somebody. Yeah, already. totally. And yeah. so it's, it's not an optional. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. We, are, we become somebody and whatever. They're our is teachers. The, yeah, yeah, whatever is our rabbi our teacher our instructor our the person we're giving the direction of our life to based off where we spend our time where we spend our energy where we spend our thinking starts to shape our inner world and so realizing that this is an intentional choice this is not like mm -hmm. okay it just automatically happens to me the idea that you're a new creation is an is an effect that takes place immediately yeah but the transformed mind it's different. No, well said. We already mentioned a little bit that we sometimes treat Christianity like I present myself to the doctor. Yeah. And you like just do that stuff to mm -hmm. us. And it's not like that no. at all. It's like like you don't present yourself to the experts and then he does it. You mm -hmm. actually become wow. as you embrace and as you believe and as you kind of learn like, oh, actually, your ways are better than my ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you start to identify lies based off of going, mm -hmm. all right, that's not who I am mm -hmm. because you, you have a new, a new self identity, like this idea of, all right, now I'm a new creation in Christ. It's no, it's, it's the idea that my old has passed yeah. away, but the, the, but for some reason, God doesn't get rid of our memories. 
No, no. He doesn't get rid of him. I, I, I tend to think he doesn't get rid of him because he's ultimately hoping that we'll remember him. Mm-hmm. And so to get rid of the capacity to remember is yeah. just all in all getting rid of a strength yeah. he desires to have for us. But when we think about the renewed mind, what's what's your first thoughts? What are the things that you start to think about when you're going, all right, we're going to teach our students about the renewed mind and that, that journey? We've touched on a little bit is that his it's his goal so that we start thinking like him. Yes. That, that's yeah. So not just thinking thoughts about him, but thinking like him. I think mm-hmm. that's the I want my son in the the best sense to start thinking like me and see the world like me. Right. I, I think you can't look at the New Testament and go, Oh, Jesus is actually trying to teach them a bunch of like here's how I want you to see the poor, here's yeah. how I want you to see lust, mm-hmm. here's how I want you to see anger and yeah. So the New Testament's full of instruction. Yeah. So we are a new creation, but then we have to be socialized yeah. and, and, and retaught how to think, how to yeah. perceive the Paul other Paul says person. it's a learned way in yeah. Ephesians. You, the, the, you didn't learn this way. Right. And mm-hmm. then in, in Corinthians, uh, Paul talks about his apostolic min- ministry, that he has divine weapons for tearing mm-hmm. down strongholds and, yeah. and every idea and lofty you know, yeah. idea that holds itself up against the knowledge of God. So it's the Paul's like, the Lord has weapons to tear down strongholds, mm-hmm. and he's talking to Christians. Yeah. It's like you've got idea fortresses in your head that are yeah. actually you're hiding in. Wow. That are not true. There's no life in them, well, and they're not let, true Let's depictions. kill one of those. Let's, let's go for it. Like my, what? In, my, in love, my family gave me an idea fortress, you know, yeah. a self-protecting fortress. And uh, it was, you know, growing up in the Bay Area, they, they didn't, my family didn't want to be tricked. Like, never fall for anything. You know, it was kind <laughs> of this whole, <laughs> yeah. this whole thing. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the, the folk wisdom of my family was, hey, Dan, people don't really change. Wow. And I kind of, you know, you received that as I a I love young that folk seven, wisdom. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's, a, it's seven or eight, nine, 12 years old. And it's basically like, I want to protect you. Like, don't believe people when they've changed their spots. The leopard doesn't change his spots, you know. Wow. And so if they tell you they're no longer drug addicts, like, well, well, we'll see, won't we? Yeah. If they tell wow. you they quit stealing money, well, well, we'll see, won't mm-hmm. we? So it really has very little hope in it. Mm-hmm. It has a ton of self-protection. Yeah. Like, don't risk too much with these people who say they've changed. Wow. And and then it wasn't until like 25 years later that I'm actually thinking through what lies might be resonant in me. Like, felt like the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit pointed that out and says, I know they gave that to you because they loved you and they were trying yeah. to protect you, but that's actually kryptonite to the gospel. Whoa. There it is. <laughs> if on. you believe people don't change, then what are we doing? Yeah. What's the work we're in? What are, mm-hmm. So it was like really interesting to have this this uh, kind of lie, mm-hmm. this untruth yeah. for my protection given to me in love and have to go, I this isn't for me anymore. Papa, yeah. tear this down. Yeah. And so that it's replaced by truth. People are changed by the power of God. Yeah, but I love what you said. You, you weren't trying to remedy that thing. You were trying to replace it. Oh, going, the Lord wants to tear it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get rid of it and occupy its space with something yeah. else. Yeah, the Lord's got weapons. He's got the trebuchets yeah. and the catapults <laughs> and the uh, you know yeah, the ladders, the scaling yeah. walls. He's like, I got stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get that thing demolished. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's 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 painful to have these pet ideas, these self protecting ideas mm-hmm. demolished. Yeah, uh, but they need it needs to be done. They. The the interesting one that I had that I found pressed on right away when I when I when I started to realize that okay if Jesus is the perfect picture of God then he's a lot nicer than I thought he was and so the idea that he is this kind loving God who gives himself up um, and doesn't uh, think about ways to teach me through punishing me with all of my failures. Yeah. That my failures were now moments for him to um, 
show me his love and embrace rather than moments to further along his proving of himself as right and me as wrong. Wow. Yeah. And so I started wow. to unpack that. But the, the grounding of that is where it gets interesting because we're talking not just as grabbing whatever idea feels true. We're trying to figure out where does that truth actually anchor itself, that the beliefs of Jesus are not just these random good thoughts that are all across the board everywhere. Just any good thought, you're like, no, there's something about it being anchored in scripture that this generation is trying to wrestle with. Yeah. Uh, how And so for me, it was anchoring it in the revelation of Jesus found in scripture, not yeah. uh, in the, the revelation of Jesus handed to me by some social media account, by some person yeah. who wants to say that God is, you know, my God wouldn't be like this or God, I wouldn't worship a God who does this. I'm like, yeah. well, I'm trying to worship the God that Jesus reveals, not yeah. the one you have an opinion about. Yeah. And so it's figuring out how do we get these truths is just as important mm-hmm. as recognizing we need them. And so I think another one would be sexual purity. Mm-hmm. The idea, the beliefs about ourselves and our sexuality really, really matters. Yes. And so I think Satan's got that unique scheme where he's going, I'm trying to put ideas out there and mm-hmm. whatever traction I can gain on those ideas because I know ideas shape culture. Yeah. And so the, you, you've even alluded to the idea that we're we're – in your, in your book, those of you that don't know, Dan has a book called Kingdom Culture. Plug right here, an advertisement distracting you from your everyday life. <laughs> Kingdom Culture. No, it's actually an interesting book because you have to do more work than I did yeah, writing yeah, it. So it's, it's actually an interactive it's, book. It is an interactive yeah. book, yeah. But you, you in that book even allude to the idea that disciples of Jesus, followers of Jesus, are culture makers. Yeah. And there's there's something that happens God with ideas. God loves that about us. Yeah. I mean, human beings are culture makers. And that yeah. when he saved us from the power of sin, he didn't just save us from personally, but he saved our broken mm. culture making uh, identity as humans. Yeah. And what, where do you, for you, like when you start to think about the authority of scripture, which is something that's getting pushed on from so many different directions. Yeah. What, what are some of the things you, you go to to guide? So it, it's, it's a huge topic, right? right? And so, and super smarter Christians and me have been <laughs> down these roads. So some things that help me is that I do think that there's some, there are things that are objectively true or absolutely true. Mm-hmm. And I know there are some people who say there are no absolutes, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, I cheekily say, is that absolutely yeah, true? Yeah, totally, you know, that, <laughs> totally. Like philosophy class, they're like, <laughs> totally. there's no absolute truth. Ex- what? Yeah, wait, is okay. that absolutely is, true? Is that absolute? yeah. So, but I think that I call truth reality as God knows it to be. Mm. So that he's aware of what's true and, and yeah. not. And so as I try to like press in to know him, I'm, I believe that I'm going to have a fuller picture of what reality is. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus said he is the truth. So mm-hmm. the truth is not merely a set of ideas, but is yep. actually a person. So good. And so... As I get, as I pursue truth, I'm actually mm-hmm. pursuing Jesus. Yeah. And so, not just pursuing truth, the idea like what's yeah. true. You're trying to find truth in relation to the person of Jesus. Yeah, it, it, truth isn't a set of ideas that exist out part, aside from Jesus. And Jesus is like, yeah, I'm kind of like those set of ideas. Aren't they noble? He's yeah. like, no, I am nobility. <laughs> yeah. I am truth. Yeah. And everything you like about truth is actually an extension of my being. Yeah. Manifested. Wow. So uh, this, this conviction, you know, in Hebrews it says you have to believe God exists and rewards those who seek him. Right. And that is an idea that you have to believe I'm real and I will reward you as you look for me. Mm-hmm. Those, I think you, you can camp on those. Like, mm-hmm. go, okay, those are my baseline truths. I yeah. got at least to be in the faith. I got at least believe he exists and he mm-hmm. will reward me as I come for yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Do you think, do you think in this, in this conversation, the idea of um, a community of learners the idea that when the apostles are trying to figure out what to do in Acts, when the Holy Spirit is being poured out on, on the Gentiles, they say good to the Holy Spirit and to us. That truth, a friend of mine said this one time, he said, truth is not somewhere we go alone. We arrive yeah. alone. Yeah. 
And so this idea that you actually can't discover truth in and of itself in a vacuum by yourself. No. That you ha- you, you're just not going to be able to no, arrive there. standing on other people's shoulders. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Dialoguing. Yeah. And interacting with each other. So when you come with a set like, this is true because I've discovered it, mm-hmm. it's like a big red flag for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, who else believes it too? And yeah. how do you know? Like, yeah. uh, there's lots of other questions yeah. that come along with that. But we do discover truth, in, I think, in community. And, and I would say that um, we're, you know, culture culture is trying to assert what's true and what's not true all the time all the time and so it, it's it, i think we we get nervous about i don't want to impose my ideas of truth i'm like yeah. there there is a on well, they want to they, so they want don't to. worry yeah so <laughs> when someone says there's no absolutes they're trying to impose their culture of no absolutes on yeah. us and Absolutely. so if you well said absolutely yeah. <laughs> if, if you don't realize that um you know everybody who's a doubter of something one thing is actually a true believer of another set of yeah. ideas then mm-hmm. you can get really lost like hey yeah. who am i to know any truth yeah like, no there's we we have to be able to kind of say this is objectively true as mm-hmm. best as we understand it we're talking about god like we can't perfectly and totally know god but we yeah. can know the sorts of things about god god wants us to know yeah if he wants us to know them, yeah, which is what we assert in Christianity, like yeah. he's revealed himself in Christ, yeah, and so yes, it, we can't know everything, but we can know what he wants us to. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I love what you even you were talking about the the doubt and some of the assertion mm-hmm. of things. What what can happen is is the Christian world can often say this thing that's like, just turn off your mind. Just turn off your it's mind. Bad plan. Ba- like, yeah. <laughs> like, turn off your yeah. mind. Like, don't listen to your mind. Like, shut it off. Yeah. Like, you're right. Okay, wait a second. The intellect is a gift from God. Yeah. The rational mind is actually a gift from God. And I love one, one time this guy said, um, he said the doubter's doubt is to believe. Hmm. He said, because the believer's doubt is to doubt, but the doubter's doubt is to believe. So mm-hmm. he's on the edge of his seat saying, I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. And this could all be right. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's this kind of play in the intellect world that a lot of people think in the Christian world, you don't have to be smart. They read the disciples were untrained and uneducated. Yeah. Therefore, they don't pursue not even higher education. They don't pursue learning yeah. as a as a noble thing. Well, if we're going to be disciples, we're going to yeah. be learners. Yes. Yeah, like lifetime learners is kind of Completely what we're saying. Completely committed like, to it. Jesus, tell me how I should think about this. How I Jesus should says, feel. learn from me. Because yeah. come to me and learn from me. Yeah. Yeah. Love me with all your heart, soul, mind. Yeah. And strength as well. So he loves our mind. Yeah. And it should be continuing to be transformed. Because uh, I think when I when I interact with people who are really, really, really smart, really smart, you're like, wow, you're just too smart. Oh. You're like, my gosh. Um, they can feel out of place in a world that wants to champion the idea of how are you, what are my feelings or what, are, what, what am I feeling? They, they're going, I'm actually encountering God in a really intellectual level. Ideas mm-hmm. are really mm-hmm. fascinating to me. And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, I want that person to, to know that that is a noble, good thing that we all need to learn from Absolutely. rather than say like, oh, that's kind of just, that's interesting. That's cute. No, we constantly are either or like you're either an emotionally driven Christian yeah. or an intellectually like no no that's no. it's it's no all emotions have some ideas and reason behind yeah. them all totally. reasons have thing or we feel them like it's a false dichotomy or separation between yeah. those two things. Uh, looking just real quick, we can yeah. jump in that yeah. Jesus gives us a, gives us a worldview and um, Scripture gives us a worldview yes. that we need to wrestle with and basically mm-hmm. it says like. Is there a God? Um, is there meaning to life? What's mm-hmm. the problem with hu- humanity? What's mm-hmm. the solution to humanity? Yeah. How can you know truth? Every human is walking around with some sense of those ideas, and every religion, mm-hmm. even atheism, uh, gives an answer to where yeah. are we, what's the problem, what's the solution, mm-hmm. who are we? 
And so scripture is actually trying to provide us with like a baseline of, yeah. hey, you're in a world God created and he loves you and he made you on purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's for you. Yeah. Uh, you've, you've fallen into disrepair because there's actually another, this is, I'm going to get weird yeah. on you. There's another set of beings yeah. on in uh, <laughs> interdimensional beings, angels yeah. and demonic beings. And so they're impacting you as well. And you're like, wow, this is a very interesting mm-hmm. worldview that yeah. Jesus is is kind of creating yeah. and you can you can trust the, the old testament scriptures yeah. and as, as as i as as jesus interacts with them to interpret them for mm-hmm. us and so he's he's equipping us with like um, a way of seeing the world and going through life and one of the things that i when i was in school of ministry that first really rocked me was the championing of the idea for for as a man thinks in his heart so he is the idea that your beliefs have this unique and powerful way of shaping your behavior they really do and, and you're going, oh, this is why Jesus does not remove the mind, because he's like, inside your mind are these belief systems that ultimately are shaping your behavior. Like you kind of said, these mm-hmm. strongholds, these fortresses mm-hmm. of either good and healthy thoughts or really poor, poor, poor thoughts and finding out how do I get biblical thoughts, the thoughts that Jesus had. I think one of the unique thoughts that we have that we, we think we're, we're like, hey, this is we this is what Jesus would be thinking when we see sickness. We're like, Jesus is looking at that going. It's not my. It's not my father's plan. Yeah, we, yeah. we want to see that healed. Yeah, we think that is not what God wants to do. So there's these ways of looking at Jesus and finding these thoughts that He would have and trying to carry them as our own. Learning from Him, saying, "How do you see the world?" Well, you have. You can sleep in a boat. I don't think I could sleep in a boat. Yeah. That's that's chaotic. And and where's your where are you anchoring your beliefs? And They're incredibly powerful. They they shape us. You know, if you think medicine is like uh, that's a, a lesser miracle, or totally. I, I'm going to hold out for a supernatural immediate miracle, and that's mm-hmm. actually the Lord, and yeah. you don't see the Lord involved in in medicine, then you have this interesting thing where human beings are actually trying to alleviate suffering, yeah. and God isn't. Or, yes, and so, totally. <laughs> which I don't know many people actually think that exact thought. Yeah, because they're just kind of like they don't really engage with the the thought process and the. Which is like almost like the the abandonment of the philosophy by Christians, the abandonment of the sciences by Christians yeah. who are doing these really deeper thoughts on going, if you think healing is through a doctor is second rate, not a good thing yeah. from God, you have this weird dichotomy of yeah. humans want to alleviate suffering that God doesn't want to. Exactly. And then why are if the Lord gave you the sickness to teach you, then why are you going to a doctor to get it? Because isn't the doctor going against the will of God, God then for yeah. your life? So you're like... If we thought it through, we'd be like, this could actually make more sense. Yeah. yeah there's going to be mystery. Don't get me wrong. Oh, it doesn't get sure. all get super clear. But and we know that very well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We, we have our mystery in a different spot. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> We're like, we got all kinds of mystery yeah. going on. Um, the So let's, let's do a couple m- moments here of you... And I kind of engaging again with if we were to train our minds, thinking of we're training our minds to believe what Jesus believed. As a disciple of Jesus, we're trying to become like him. And to become like him, we have to believe like him. So we're training our minds. Um, I think one of the first uh, thoughts I would like to even engage with right now and say, how would I walk you through thinking this this thought it is I want to talk about sexuality and go, how does the Bible begin to talk about sexuality is where we we need to begin for people and go, all right, so what is the lie that culture actually wants to tell you about your sexuality? Oh, it's fluid. It's changing. It's whatever you want. It's however you feel. It's it's not even what your your biology is showing. It's all of these other things. But Jesus gets to offer us what he sees it like. And, and we go, okay, through scripture, we see God creates man and woman. And we get this 
Jesus takes the narrative of marriage from Genesis. Yes, he does. He doesn't go all of a sudden and say, hey, I got a new narrative for you on marriage. He goes, no, you've heard it said that a man will leave his father and mother. He pulls the narrative from Genesis into this and shows us this is what truth is. Because when Jesus speaks it, he's revealing what his truth is. Yeah. And so it's anchoring this. So if you're like, oh, I, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm letting culture define how I view sexuality. Mm-hmm. This is a great opportunity for you to explore how Jesus views sexuality. How do the New Testament writers view sexuality? They see it as, a, as your, your, your sex as a sacred thing from God. Yeah. That he goes, I made you male and female, and it is a sacred thing from God. And throughout the scriptures, it's reinforced this idea of the sacred gift of God that is male and female. So it's figuring out what is the lie that I've been engaging with and what is the truth that will replace that lie? What, what's another one for you, Dan, that you've engaged with before? It caught me off guard, sorry. Yeah. Um. We can edit it. We can edit it, so we're good. I'm trying to think of um, Yeah, one I'll talk to you. Yeah. <clears throat> I think uh, a helpful one for me, if I wouldn't just say secular culture, but church culture, was we had an idea that God hardly ever talked to you. And uh, yeah, it was really go. interesting. We had a, a hymn that was beloved. It's called, you know, and he walks with me and he talks with me and tells me I'm his own. Mm-hmm. But then we really didn't expect conversation to be a two-way uh, experience. It was one way. Mm-hmm. We didn't expect prayer to be a two-way conversation. Mm-hmm. It was one way. We didn't read the Bible like, Lord, what are you speaking to me now through this text? Yeah. Um, it was only like, can I master the material? Uh, and so this idea that God's still speaking was mm-hmm. really big for me because some of us had had a few encounters, like we could look back at one time when we got called mm-hmm. to ministry or something. Wow! But this, I, this, this concept that actually he's a self-revealing God who's in communication with his mm-hmm. people. And again, our fellowship is with the Father and the Son. It's very so powerful good. and different for me than the sort of elusive God hard labor talks. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't be one of those weird Christians. Yeah. And you might hear wrong. Man, my yeah. family. Yeah, you might hear you wrong. You might hear wrong. You don't want to oh, do that. That'd be terrible. Yeah. So, <laughs> but now we're living in this relationship. We're trying to like, uh, I think I heard from the Lord. We're checking it out with scripture with each other. And with the Lord, we live mm-hmm. in dialogue. And if we you know, make a mistake and miss here, oftentimes if we've got love in our heart, we're taking a wonderful love risk, mm-hmm. even if it isn't quite, yeah. you know, wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. In, uh, we didn't perfectly understand what the Lord's saying. So yeah. this, that'd be one. God's, yeah. God's talking. Yeah. So I think another one for me would be the idea of if I get more done for God, then his love for me grows Hmm. as if I can increase my lovability to God. That if I start doing all these things, God's going to not even just love me, but honestly, he's withholding things from me waiting for me to perform yeah. and and then when he he's just he's not a god that's giving he's a god that's first withholding yeah. and realizing Jesus says no like that god sees us and he gives himself he get, that god is his posture towards us is generous yeah. that i'm giving towards you the the lie that i believe that god was was probably more of a hoarder of his affection than a giver of his affection yeah. Yeah. and so i see jesus who has this affectionate relationship with the father yeah. calling him abba you're like okay this is language of daddy like you've yeah. already yeah. alluded to papa yeah. daddy an affectionate relationship with the father that is not distant not far not stoic not uninterested in me but very interested in me, very desiring of me. Like David writes in the Psalms, who am I that you are actually mindful of me? Yeah. yeah. I, I said this in one of our uh, our conferences recently. I, I was talking about the idea that God can do anything, but he's unwilling to do something, and that is to be alone. Yeah. That yeah. he is like, I, I want 
to be with you. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need yeah. anything, but he wants to be with us. Yeah. He's saying, I am, I am choosing to not do this. Yeah. I, another one is, you know, God's super mad at unbelievers all the time now. You have that interesting scripture, <laughs> you're by nature, <laughs> objects go, of wrath, go. you know, and you're, I think raising the church, like God's just fed up with you guys and he can't wait to be done with you. And, wow. and then you have, you know, where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. And yeah. you have this, um, you know, he so loved the world and, Wow, and so I think partly was realizing like he was actually reaching for people we weren't reaching for, and he was oh, loving people. That, Jesus, that is <laughs> yes, Dan, go go. Yeah, well, just that, so it, good. Some of our brokenness would be that, you know, um, that, that the devil was so big, right? We and we we would have ideas like, and we never say this aloud, but like something like this: the devil would build a hospital if it would keep people from finding out finding God. Mm. So, in other words, mm-hmm. like uh, anything hospital builders were actually motivated by the devil yeah he's just behind all of it <laughs> he's behind every everything that doesn't doesn't smell of god like a confession of yeah. faith it doesn't say yeah across it jesus jesus or christian yeah, yeah it's all like god has nothing to do with that yeah. and then you realize like he's actually at work within the unbeliever and says in john that he's convicting the un, the world of sin and of, uh, yeah. righteousness so he's He's working on their heart. That's a massive, that is a massive belief that Jesus had that I think would be so absent in a lot of churches is the idea that Jesus is reaching in on the people that most people are going, God's not interested in helping them. No. Jesus is reaching (laughs) in there with them and not, he's like, I'm with this, I'm with the sick. Yeah. At the, you even kind of the Pharisees get a little bit of a little moment with Jesus where he goes to them and tells them, I'm, I'm, I'm with the sick because they have a need for me mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you don't. And you haven't figured out that you do. Yeah. 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 You haven't figured out that you have this need and you, you're actually blind. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh Jesus going in and reaching people that we would otherwise kind of be like on the fringes. Now we're not going to reach out to them. So obviously there's much more ideas have about. consequences. That's yes. Ideas yeah. have consequences. So that's the, as a man yeah. thinks in his heart. And yeah. so if we, if we, we need to, Ref, uh, with the Holy Spirit, reflect on the ideas that we've held dear. Mm-hmm. That's why you hear good preaching. It's yep. why you hear fabulous podcasts like yes. this one. <laughs> You're That's why you need teaching. Like, yeah, you need teaching. You need good uh, good books. They address those strongholds, and you're like, oh, wow, I, I've been seeing this wrong. Yep. And instead of like being afraid of that, like, you know, that's going to be a lifetime, mm-hmm. you know, as we totally as we continue to go like, I think I've misunderstood this part. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make everything that we've done prior, you know, dumb or a yeah. waste of time. It's mm-hmm. just that we're, we're we learners stay as, as learners. Yeah. Disciples. It's, it's amazing, Dan. Love it. All right. Well, that's episode two of the Tribe podcast where we're talking about encountering God and what it means for young adults to be disciples of Jesus. We'll see you guys later.